the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to this special edition of the Lloyd's List Podcast. Each day this week, we're going to be giving you a short bonus edition of the podcast as we tour the various events, discussions and meetings associated with London International Shipping Week. And before the non-UK listeners among you turn off, I should say that I am stressing the international aspect of London International Shipping Week as I put these together. We've got an interesting cast of characters talking about a range of issues, so I hope you find them interesting. And I'll be gathering the Lloyd's List editorial team on Friday to offer you the insider's view on the uh, week and our key takeaways. So for those of you unable to attend, at least you get the gossip and the insight firsthand. The usual Friday podcast schedule will resume next week with what I hope is going to be a very interesting sit-down with the chairman of the US Federal Maritime Commission, Dan Maffey. But for now, here's day one of the London International Shipping Week specials featuring Paddy Rogers, formerly of Euronav, uh, now at the National Maritime Museum, and Julian Clark from INS. The impact of the pandemic has been felt by us all, but the 1.6 million men and women who crew the world fleet have had their lives turned upside down like no other group of workers. This is, of course, a story that's not news to the listeners of Lloyd's List podcast. The crewing crisis has topped the industry agenda, but it's fair to say that the efforts the industry has been seeking in terms of a resolution have stumbled and despite the best efforts of many, shipping and the plight of seafarers have struggled to make it up the priority list for governments globally. So I'm very pleased that amid the very important discussions happening this week during London International Shipping Week, that one of the most high profile events will be the Unsung Heroes Awards. Uh, The awards are gonna celebrate the companies, master mariners and seafarers who have made outstanding contributions during the pandemic. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined for the first of these daily London Shipping Week podcasts by two of the driving forces behind the awards, INCE's global senior partner, Julian Clark, and the director of the National Maritime Museum, Paddy Rogers. Welcome to the podcast, gents. Thank you, Richard. Good to be here. Very pleased to be here. So, uh, Julian, let's start with you. These awards are obviously a a welcome opportunity for the industry to celebrate the unsung heroes uh, of the industry globally. But it's also a pretty useful exercise in highlighting the plight of seafarers to an audience who perhaps might not be as familiar as we are to what's going on behind the scenes. What was your thinking in terms of trying to get this off the ground, do you think? Richard, it was was very much that uh, the... You know, everything as we know, and a lot of people listening to this podcast will know that we rely on our clothes, our medicines, our food, our our fuel, it it all comes by sea. Uh, And yet they are invisible, um, our seafarers. And I was out there alongside everybody else on my doorstep, banging pots and pans for the National Health Service. But I thought, who's banging pots and pans for the seafarers? And when we started to hear these figures of 400,000 seafarers trapped at sea as a result of COVID, and I'd speak to people in my village and friends internationally that aren't in shipping, and they'd literally say, oh, Julian, I thought you said 400,000 for a minute. So that did. So it was, we've got to do something to raise profile, and we've got to do something to thank them. And that was what gave birth to this concept. Mm. And uh, Paddy, I mean, I am somewhat biased. I should declare an interest here. I was on the judging panel of these awards with you. And I think 
it's fair to say that the judging panel were unanimous in being overwhelmed by the stories that we were hearing. The everyday sacrifices uh, are probably understood, but I just think that the sheer scale of the issues that seafarers were dealing with globally over the last 18 months or so have probably gone under the radar for most people. I think that's absolutely right. I think the the way that we live our lives in the modern world is is that we sort of downplay a lot of awe and wonder that we have about the natural world. And I think we've lost uh, we, we've really lost a vision on the fact that we take for granted being able to receive things from the other side of the world in a matter of weeks or days. And 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 I think that the um, when this crisis struck, we saw the people who do all of that for you who make it all happen and the remarkable effort that they make in order to ensure that you can live your comfortable one-click delivery life, um, it suddenly came into sharp focus. And um, you can think during the course of this year, uh, we got a couple of opportunities to really feel that bite, not only in emptying shelves on the stretch logistics, uh, but also, of course, with that wonderful image of the ever given and people immediately feeling the impact of that logistics chain stretched. Well, behind all of that are these people who ended up having to work consecutively, some of them, for 400 odd days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad enough having to attend Zoom calls and feeling that your bedroom and your home had, had become your workplace. But can you imagine that you had actually ended up at work away from your home every single day for 15 months? Well, precisely. And this wasn't just one or two. This was tens of thousands of seafarers living that daily reality. And And yet these were the men and the women that were keeping the global supply chain functioning. They were ensuring that we got medical supplies delivered. They were keeping the supermarket shelves stocked. And, you know, any essentials that were reaching us as consumers were directly down to their resilience, hard work and efforts that I just don't think were really getting the public imagination going in the same way that things that were perhaps a little bit more tangible and immediate and in front of them did. So I really think this is an opportunity for the industry to now pay that back and start making sure that the seafarers are top of the agenda, not just internally, but when we are talking to governments in weeks like this, where we have the attention of the British government, they like telling these stories, that's great. But let's make sure that the seafarers are up there in terms of that agenda. Mm. I think that sort of shift of priorities that uh, COVID-19 has caused uh, was sharply felt, as Julian described, with us banging pots and pans for the NHS, with this understanding that our refuse collections had to happen, even when most of us were frightened to leave the house, and that people had to drive buses. But beyond that, and beyond the offing outside the horizon, there was a whole system that still had to run. And what was odd about it was because we were othering people for fear of them carrying the virus, those very people we depended on were finding it almost impossible to be able to transit to and from their ships in order to do their job. And um, we all had to stretch. I mean, all the people in the industry have had to stretch very hard to make it work. And I think Julian has done a lot of great work to make those analogies and connections. I mean, thanks, Paddy. I mean, just on that, Richard, two things surprised me. Uh, you know, as you, as the two of you know, I'm not, I'm not a small lad. I'm a fairly large lad from Yorkshire, um, so I, I don't, I don't get emotionally move, moved by much. Uh, but, and also, I'm somebody that's been involved shipping for years, so I thought I understand what these seafarers are going through. 
But when we did the Sing for Seafarers campaign and we did the testimonials of seafarers speaking to camera, I am not afraid to say, as a large Yorkshireman, I cried. I, I, it just really brought it home what these people, what these men and women are going through. Uh, and their voices have to be heard. They have to be heard by all of us, by governments, and by everybody that relies on shipping, which is everybody. No, I think it's fair to say the, uh, the tears were genuine, and not just for Julian singing as well. I think what's uh, truly, uh, uh, truly a sort of emotional sort of piece of filmmaking that one. And uh, anyone who hasn't seen it, I would uh, urge them to go and uh, have a look at it. Um, now, in practical terms, we're not going to reveal the winners because there is uh, an evening ceremony on Tuesday at HQS Wellington at 8 p.m. I think you are pretty much fully booked right now, Julian, but there may be a few tickets left. I don't know. There are indeed. Uh, so the more the merrier uh, is always my anthem. So if you'd like to come along to that ceremony, then it's advertised on the London International Shipping Week uh, website. Uh, you're very free to email me at INCE or email any of my BD or marketing team at INCE or look for the event on the INCE uh, website and it'd be great to welcome you on board. Wonderful. And we will no doubt be covering the results of the uh, winners in Lois List as well. So keep your eyes peeled for the results on Wednesday morning. Uh, Richard, Richard, can I slide in a short advertisement, which is just that at the museum, we are carrying at the moment a a very wonderful exhibition called Exposure Lives at Sea, which is from six professional photographers and they're working lives at sea. Um, And it's a wonderful show. Uh, If you get a moment, come and see it. It's an opportunity to see um, some of the awe and wonder of uh, working lives. First class plugging there, Paddy. Marvellous. All right. Well, listen, uh, Paddy, Julian, thank you very much for joining this shortened Lloyd's List podcast for London Shipping Week. And uh, I wish you all the best for your uh, event on Tuesday evening. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Thanks very much. <laughs>